Do we have a problem? You're listening to the Don't Go Postal podcast with Donovan Stroud. episode of the Don't Go Postal podcast. My name is Donovan Stroud and I am trying not to go postal. Uh, just woke up from a good nap. Uh, I think a nap is super crucial to not going postal. I had tried recording earlier and I was just such low energy. I, I really didn't want to uh, subject you all to low energy me, um, which you've probably seen already. Uh, low energy is typically uh my natural just functioning level is just low energy uh so yeah but it was it was definitely like unbearable uh the episode that I had started recording so figured I'd start anew and uh you guys didn't need to know all that information uh it's been an interesting day today just a regular old day working, delivering the mail, and now I'm home, and the dogs, uh, I have two dogs, uh, me and my wife have two dogs, uh, one's name is Mia, it's a, she's a German Shepherd and a Labrador mix, and, uh, she is crazy as shit, always fidgety, and, uh, the other dog we have is a pit bull, and his name is Socks. And uh, we named him that because uh, he's got white paws. So that's pretty much the reason behind the, the names of it. But try not to go postal because Socks is like the biggest wimp that you can imagine a pit bull could be. He is constantly whining just for any reason. Uh, it, like we give him the best life ever. And I'll remind them, like, dude, you got a nice life, and you're whining right now. Like, he'll be cuddled up next to us, his head, like, on our chest, as close as he can be. And then he'll, you know, think about being outside or something and start whining. It's like, no matter what he's doing, it's not as good as what he could be doing type thing. And it's constant. We got a broken dog with him, and uh, Mia, uh, Mia is broken as well. Um, she uh, was the first dog we got, and you know, she uh, used to be um, abused. I would say when we first got her, she was really skittish and uh, afraid of car rides. And probably because the last car ride she went on uh, before we got her was a car ride to the the pound, you know. And uh, I'm sure that is traumatizing for a dog. But, uh, you know, I love the two, those two dogs to death. And uh, they're great, but uh, they don't they don't realize how, how well they have it, you know. Mia would always try and 
run away. And we got Socks Socks as a puppy, you know, he was a super small puppy. And uh they'd try and run away together once he grew up a little bit. And we couldn't even walk them in our backyard for the longest time because they would just run off. There was like a gate at the bottom of our uh our we have, we live on a kinda like a hill and at the bottom of the hill was uh uh there was a gate and they would just somehow open that gate and just be gone. I remember uh, a couple times having to chase after them. Uh, there's like a creek in, in our behind our back fence. I'd like run through the creek, run in the woods, like chasing them. And uh, we recently uh, got a fence, and uh, you know we installed a, a fence that's you know no gate no way for them to get out so they are stuck with us and he's probably that's probably another reason why socks whines is because he remembers the gate that we used to have and now he's like now i can't get out whatever reason he has i'm sure he doesn't have any reason he just whines constantly uh but mia when we first got her uh, like I said, super skittish. And I remember we went to like go do something. I think we had just like left her out. It was before we had socks and we just left her out. And then when we got back to the house, she had, uh, jumped on, off the bed or something. Uh, we still don't know how exactly she did it, but she like sliced her paws and like sideways and cut herself real good because we walked in and it was like a it was like a a murder scene you know we walk in and there's just blood everywhere we're like what the hell happened and uh we had to go get her stitched up and even once she did get stitched up she would bite at her stitches and uh it's just no bueno you know um we do have a cat as well who is also batshit crazy. You know, if if pets are anything like our owners, or like their owners, uh, y- you could say that, I guess, we're pretty crazy. Um, but Nala is crazy as well, and is always instigating shit, starting shit. Uh, I always think that it's, or thought that it was like, Sox is the one who's antagonizing her. But I've caught her recently just like, Walking up to him and just slapping him in the face. Like, just this little cat bullying a pit bull. And it's not even that hard because he's such a little bitch. And uh, she just annoys the shit out of him. And he'll, as soon as she's the cat, as soon as Nala walks into the room, he'll, he'll start whining. It's really ridiculous. Uh, we did have him, uh, you know, snip snipped. And you know Mia's been spayed, so no kit, no uh, puppies coming from any of them. And I do have a joke that I tell on stage about how Socks chewed the carpet in uh, our bedroom, and the next morning was when we had him scheduled to get his snip snip. So like he chewed the carpet, and then he gets snip snipped, and he no longer chews the carpet because. You know, if you chew the carpet once and then you get your balls cut off, 
I think that'll stop you from ever chewing the carpet again. So there's that. Um, I do want to talk about uh, the first dog that I had. Uh, it was like under my ownership. I was uh, like 16, 15, 16 years old. And I uh, got this dog. And, you know, my parents told me, if you get this dog, like you're going to have to take care of him because it'll be your dog and such and such. And the dog, uh, her name was Sadie, and she ended up getting Parvo. And for those that don't know, Parvo is super uh, deadly to dogs, like only 10% or something like that. I think that was the percentage they gave me. They said 10% of dogs that get Parvo uh, survive. And I, uh, that was a time when, uh, when I was, I guess, skeptical of, I was, I was just skeptical of that percentage. 10%, I was, I was basically saying, let's just put her down. Uh, and I do regret that moment, um, of saying that. Uh, but my stepdad, Tommy, was like, you know, we'll give her a chance, give her a fighting chance. I think she can tough it out. And, you know, they said it would be really expensive to try and, like, do whatever to to help her survive. And I, I was, you know, like, save your money. Just put her down. And, uh, you know, I regret that for sure. But it's it's changed the way that I... Uh, I view dogs and, you know, like my, I have more, I guess, compassion now. I'll, I'll give a dog a fighting chance with that 10% now. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was definitely ready to just call it as soon as you te- the vet said 10%. I was like, that is low. But, uh, dogs, dogs can be very expensive. Uh, like the the stitches with Mia cost a shit ton of money. Socks cost a shit ton of money just from being socks, chewing up the carpet and stuff. Uh, another thing that's ex- expensive is uh, cars, keeping up with cars. And uh, I was always afraid that Malaya would, uh, my wife would uh, wreck her car uh, when she first started driving, she didn't start driving until really late. She started driving when I think she was 21. And, uh, I had been driving since I was 15 years old. So of course I'm the know-it-all like, Hey, I've got way more experience than you. And then she's like, but you've been in a wreck before. And, you know, my defense for that was, yeah, and I know how to not get in a wreck now. Um, but, yeah, there were, when she first started driving, you know, she didn't get in any wrecks. It wasn't until, uh, like, well, a year or two ago that she, she had a, a wreck. Uh, thankfully, she was fine. It was just a, a fender bender and, you know, hitting a curb and some stuff. But uh, when she first started driving, dear God, um uh, I definitely feel bad for her having to deal with me sitting in the passenger seat when she first started driving because I was backseat driving and like, you know, watch out for this, watch out for that. And just like doing, uh, 
like being super loud uh, because I thought she was going to hit everything. Uh, her breaking was like, for in my mind, way too late, breaking way too late and suddenly. And I was like, your brakes are going to give out if you do that. And uh, the, the the whole process of, of getting her to the level that she is now at driving, she's a lot better of a driver now. But, uh, you know, she thought that you could just fill the gas tank up uh, pretty much uh, past the point of when the gas uh, thing stops. You know, like when the thing clicks and then it's done pumping because it's filled the, the tank up. As soon as that would be done, she'd put like four more dollars worth of gas in. And I'm like, no, that's going to overflow your gas tank, really mess you up. And, you know, she didn't think that uh, leaving the car uh, in the, not cranked up part, but like right before cranked up where you're just using the battery, she didn't think that that would do anything, you know, if she was sitting there in a car for lunch for an hour. And I was like, no, you can't sit there and just use the battery for an hour. That'll kill the battery. And, you know, eventually that killed the battery. So these are all things that I learned, like just from being a driver for longer than her. And I, I fucked up a lot of driving, uh, as well. When I first started, I got into, uh, I guess a, a fender bender is what you would call it. Uh, I hit the back of a, a white old BMW and then that BMW hit a Volvo. Um, this was like on a street that was right beside the high school and everybody would kind of speed down the street, but it would be so many cars. So you'd speed and then it stop, speed and then stop. And it was just like a service road, two lanes. And the BMW was a fast driver. And I was like, man, I got, let's keep up with this BMW. And then they had to slam on brakes. And so I slammed on brakes, but it was too late and I hit them. And the lady that was in the very front Volvo barely got hit, but of course gets out of the car and she's holding her neck and shit. And, uh, you know, uh, that was my fault. I learned from that. I uh, locked my keys in the car, uh, I think two or three times at least, just being a dumbass. And, you know, uh, Malaya's, I think, done that once. So not as many times as me she's she's learning a lot she learned a lot quicker than i did for sure um as far as driving goes um her and i have uh really had the best opportunities uh to to learn a lot about each other um through helping each other uh where like in ways that she's more experienced than me. She's helped me in ways that I'm more experienced than in her and something I've helped her. Um, but we learned the most about each other when we lived in one room and it was, you know, in an apartment, it was two bedrooms and in the other bedroom was her sister, her adoptive sister who is uh, a good bit older than her. And, when you live in one room with someone, it really can put things uh, on edge, uh, you know, because 
you get pretty frustrated with one another. You hate being around each other for so, so much. And, uh, even though I had moved in with her, I wasn't really ready to commit. I, uh, was always afraid of, uh, committing and, you know, it really took someone like her to reel me in and let me know that, uh, this is the best option for me to be with her. And she was fucking right. But uh, living in one room together, you know, you, you learn about each other's biggest, you know, weaknesses and uh, their habits. And I think that has made it to where, like, this quarantine and us being stuck in the house together, you know, we're fine. We're doing just fine because we've already gone through everything there is to go through as far as like being in close proximity with each other for a long amount of time. This is nothing new to us. And so we've grown so much since the, uh, the one bedroom living in that apartment, um, grown so much since then and living in one bedroom, uh, especially with like her sister in the other bedroom, like I want her sister to like me. I want her to think I'm a good person. But at the same time, I was drinking. And I've since decided to just go completely sober from drinking. I don't drink any alcohol. uh, Unless it's uh, this thing called a hot toddy. Which is... It's like a a remedy uh, for sickness that my wife will give me occasionally. If I say like my throat's feeling raspy. She'll just... She's awesome in that sense. So that's the only alcohol I drink. Uh, it's just like a shot of whiskey to help you go to sleep. Uh, and it helps with like sweating out a fever. So we'll drink like a hot toddy and then go to sleep and sweat out a fever if we have a fever. Um, but when I was drinking there and in the one room, it just was no bueno. Uh, a big issue with my drinking is uh, I'd, I would drink too much and get angry and you don't want like the older protective sister of the person that you're dating to think of you as an angry drunk and especially since like you know like her uh, her sister's ex was a, a big drinker so you know just too many bad things there so I, I had to cut that off um I don't drink for pleasure anymore like I said it's just for the hot toddy and being uh being healthy that's really crazy to say that uh based off of like my past drinking tendencies to say that I only drink now to stay healthy that's really what it's come to uh which is ironic But uh, we moved on past the uh, living in the one room, and uh, now we own a house together. And this is the house that I uh, was was my pick. You know, it was the one that I liked the most, and she decided to go with it. Um, her pick, in retrospect, was a lot better. Um, I think we would be living way different lives and probably better lives. Uh, who knows though? Who knows? Um, with the other house that she had picked, the other house that she had picked was this really, uh, 
well-kept house you know like the paint was good the floors were good the backyard was good except for it had like a, a wooden fence whereas the one we back we got back there now in our house now is just like a chain link but the one that she picked had like a wooden fence and uh the only bad part about that was it was just like one part of the fence was down and I use that as like my argument, you know, like the house could, I mean, the dogs could get out, uh, the fence. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny that I, I use that as an argument, but then once we move here, the dogs did get out of the fence, but, uh, behind the fence where it was down was like an interstate. So that was another thing. It was just like back behind this house is a, you know, forest and Creek, you know, nothing super dangerous, but interstate, you know, dogs could get hit. I really I do wish we would have gone with her. I would have gone with her pick for the house because also there was like this one room that could have been a place to put like a pool table. I mean, I could probably fit a pool table in this man cave, but this room, ooh, such a good house, such a good room. And the bedroom, the bedroom was like huge, huge. Every room was pretty big. And it was like a two-story house. But I think the only thing on the second story was the master bedroom. So who knows what would have happened. That house has been sold because uh, obviously. And uh, we live in a house now. The one that I picked. I liked this house uh, because of the the creek in the backyard and the, the trees all around. And uh, I remember like we were looking at the house and there was, there's a back deck and we were just, we had the dogs with us and, uh, I had socks. He was just still a, a very small puppy and he just fell asleep sitting on the back deck with me. And he was like underneath my shirt, my mailman shirt. And, uh, I was just looking up at the trees and stuff and it was a cool moment. And that was like a, a big moment of like, I really want this house. But, uh, with buying a house, you learn that uh, you know not everything is as it seems. Um, before we decided on this house, there was a, a house that basically what the the uh, the realtor told us was uh, a house that basically they they put lipstick on a pig is is how he referred to it. Um, the foundation was fucked up. Uh, they had a bunch of floor issues that you couldn't see on the surface. It wasn't until the inspection that we noticed there were so many things wrong with this house. And it was like both of our number ones. Like it was her, Malaya's number one and it was my number one for this house. And then we come come to find out so many things wrong with it. And then this house, everything seemed okay. And uh, that turned out to not be the case. Um, the foundation super messed up. We didn't learn until like six months after we moved in how messed up it was. And so we had to save up money and we, we did get a, a new foundation. So we're lucky in that sense. Um, this room right here, it used to be a garage. And so it's a concrete slab. It's pretty much uh, the the flattest floor you'll you'll feel in the whole house. 
but you know there are still parts in the house uh where there where it's not a slab and it's you know like got the the crawl space where it divots a little bit and it was so bad like we'd walk around the house and like right before we got to our master bedroom like it would just start divoting down like you'd sink in and that's scary as shit living in a house when the foundation's just like falling it's like you get real worried like man the foundation's messed up like this whole thing could fall apart at any moment and so this whole house is really uh more of a, a fixer-upper than I had expected. I, I did say that, like, you know, I don't mind a fixer-upper, and we could fix it up ourselves and make it our own. But uh, in retrospect, I would much rather have had, you know, her number one pick, uh, the super nice, already well-kept house. Because uh, fixing everything up to be what, what you want and... Uh, all the money that's behind that and the work and figuring out what all you're going to do and need to do is uh, pretty tiresome and not fun. Like putting up the fence in the backyard, that was not fun. Uh, I did that with my stepdad, Jimmy. Me and him really knocked it out. We we uh, we killed it uh, for the most part. And then uh, him and his brother finished it, so... Thank you to Jimmy's brother. Thank you for uh, finishing up the last part of the fence. Uh, my work allergy came in and, you know, took me out of being able to finish that for sure. Uh, that work allergy is a bitch. What can I say? Um, but, yeah, we we signed off on, on this house. Uh, I'm pretty good at signing things. So if I ever do... Uh, you know, gain a following, become a little famous, whatever. I am good at signing things, but that's also the problem. Uh, I've signed off on some things that I shouldn't have signed off on, like uh, a motorcycle. I, I signed off on uh, buying a motorcycle. Uh, it was an upgraded. So I started out with a, a 500, which is, you know, pretty fast. It's a starter bike. But after, I think, like two years, I was like, man, I want something a little bit more heavy, something that I can get, that can get up and go. And so I wanted to get another motorcycle, like a different motorcycle. And I signed the paperwork on a 1200, which is a lot, you know, it's more than double of 500, a lot faster. And that was no bueno. Like, I didn't run that by Malaya. I didn't run hardly any of that by, like, any of it by her. I uh, just signed the paperwork on that bitch. Just a 24% payment, uh, in, 24% interest, I mean, which is uh, absolutely horrible. I'm still making payments on it. I've paid uh, probably, like, $12,000 uh worth of payments on a, a bike that's worth $5,000. So that's what 24% interest will do. It's just not good. So, but I was good at like signing the paperwork uh, for the house, you know, like sign here, sign here. I can, I can do that. No problem. Uh, it's just like reading the fine lines, you know, reading the fine print is, uh, is, is where I slack. I got to work on, uh, reading things and uh, uh, getting my financial advisor 
uh, wife to uh, sit in on, on those things in the future. I, I definitely have to do that. Um, but having a motorcycle is everything uh, I imagined it would be. I've wanted a motorcycle since I was a kid. There's a picture of me on a fake Harley uh, when I was a kid, just like wearing the bandana and everything. My brother, my stepbrother was in the, he had, it was like a, a photo shoot. And he he took the, he was in some of the pictures as well uh, on a motorcycle. But me, man, I, I always, Adam never really wanted a, a motorcycle, but I always, always wanted one. And before I bought the the 500, like the things, the thing leading up to me buying uh, buying my first bike was uh, obviously like making my own money, working at the post office. Um, for the, so for the first time in my life, like I had money that I could spend. So I was like, I'm gonna get a motorcycle. I can make, I can afford to make these payments, and uh, everything leading up to buying it, I was just like, man, I want a bike. I want a bike. I want a bike. And then I'd start seeing bikes. I was like, I see, I'd see a bike, and I'm like, I want to get a bike just like that. I'd see another bike, and I'm like, I want to get a bike so bad. And then, like, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse until I finally just bought one. And, yeah, it's everything that it's cracked up to be. It's so much fun, very dangerous. I have almost died probably four times. You know, almost dying means... uh somebody not seeing me like on the interstate and somebody will just start to get into the next lane and doesn't even see me and you know I'll either like speed up or like hit the brakes or like turn as much as like get over as much as I can that's all you really can do you have to react to whatever situation uh so that's one way uh, almost dying and then like another one is like when you have to slam on brakes and the back wheel starts to wobble, like, starts to just, like, do, like, that, like, uh, just, like, I don't know, like, a figure eight, kind of, like, uh, like, it just starts to move left to right, and, uh, when the back wheel does that, that is super scary, um, luckily didn't, uh, let the bike drop when that happened, and, you know, I was, doing a u-turn once and there was these rocks that i didn't see and the rocks got on the last uh you know the, on the back wheel and caused it to just like slide out from underneath me and this was i don't know how i did this to this day but as i was doing the u-turn and then like the back wheel started to come out from underneath me i just like slammed my left foot down as hard as i could and then it just like pops the the bike right back up. That was when I had the 500. The 500 is really a light bike. It's not. It was a Harley, I think, XG 500 Sport, and so a great starter bike. If anybody's looking to buy a, a bike, that's a great bike to start out with. Really light, and uh, I saw somebody the other day that had his. He was his first bike, and it was that. I told him that I had the same bike, but it was it's, everything is cracked up to be. the The coolest part about having a bike is the like you do like just a just like a little just like a little wave. You just put your hand out 
whenever you pass a, another motorcycle, you just put your hand out, just like kind of like what's up on the like you lower your hand like way down here, lower your hand. You're like just just like that, you know. You just wave, just like that. It's like you don't you don't do too you don't do anything too crazy. You don't go above the head and wave or nothing like that. This is like a low. It's like what's up. It's like what's up like that. And that part right there, whew, that is cool. It's kind of like in comedy when uh, you know uh, your buddy goes up on stage and they kill it, and then you you, you know you're like good set and you fist bump them. That is kind of like that sense of it's a sense of uh, community, and almost every biker uh, will do that wave. So that's cool as shit. I don't do the wave to any people that ride trikes, the bikes that have three wheels. That's what that means. Those guys are pussies, and I will continue to not wave to them. That's just me. Uh, and I've seen some people on mopeds try and wave at me, you know, do the little biker wave. You can fuck off as well. Um, so just motorcycles, two wheels. And, you know, if you got to be uh, cognizant, you have to have, you have to be aware. A lot of people that have passengers on the bike will not do that wave because they're obviously looking out for the safety of their passenger. So when I started out, I didn't, I didn't care. I just waved at everybody and like, I'd be like, man, these assholes that have passengers just never wave at me. Couldn't figure it out. But I eventually did, you know, like. You gotta look out for the other person because you know you take your hand off the thing and you could crash. That's how that works. So you gotta prevent that. If you have a passenger, you have another person to look after. Speaking of travel, um, I have never been on an airplane. That is right. I've never flown. The only time I was ever in the air was a helicopter ride and that was when I was being born so nothing since then the only states I've traveled to have been uh like uh North Carolina South Carolina you know like Georgia uh I don't even think I've gone to Florida ever um, never, I've never gone to Florida. Um, I think I've gone, I've gone to Virginia. I've gone to whatever state, uh, you count Washington, DC. I'm dumb as shit. I'm, I guess that's Maryland or just Washington, DC. I don't even know if that's in a state. Um, not that many places. So I do, uh, want to go on a plane ride. Uh, Malaya and I are, Wanting to do that, you know, once all this quarantine shenanigans are are over, we are going to travel uh, somewhere. We don't know where yet. I've talked about going to, like, Colorado, but that was just because I wanted to smoke weed. Uh, but I've since stopped doing that, so we'll have to find somewhere else. Uh, I don't even have to go to Colorado. There's plenty of closer places that can allow me to smoke some good weed, but that's not really a, a thing for me anymore. I've stopped doing that. 
Um, yeah, never been on a plane. Always, everybody's always like, "Wow, you should travel more. You should really get out." You know, that's crazy. Whenever I say that, that's what they'll say. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't have any, you know, stories to tell about that. It's just I've pretty much just been in this general area my whole life. And uh, I guess that's another reason why I aspire for more, aspire to get out there. I do want to get out there in the future. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where life takes me. Um, And I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm excited to see uh, what the fuck else uh this podcast can provide for people and that wraps this episode up uh i've ran out of things to talk about and this episode has helped me stay sane and not go postal i hope it does the same for you peace out